Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Hunting for Purpose. We are tuning into episode 85, and if you listen to episode 84 last week, then you'll know what is coming today. Um, if you did not listen to last week's episode, I do encourage you to go back and maybe have a listen to that one first, as this episode is a bit of a continuation of that. It's kind of a, a semi-two-part series or talking all about launching. So last week, we talked about the top three launch mistakes for manifestors, and I really gave kind of a detailed um look at why is launching important for manifestors? Why do we need it? And what are the ways that we're struggling to do it that we can really let go of? Today, I wanted to um, kind of step out a little bit of that teaching mode and step a bit more into a personalized mode. I'd really love to share a story with you and and bring you in um, a bit more intimately, a bit more authentically um, by taking you guys through the behind the scenes of our biggest launch. So over here at Team Holly Marie, we, we do a lot of launching, right? We've really um, refined our launch process. I do have a team of staff. I used to launch completely on my own, um, and then I kind of built out a team of staff over time, and I have refined that team of staff, and we've moved people around and swapped pieces around. Um, and now we kind of have a core group. So in our launching process, it is myself. It is our beautiful systems and VA manager, Tasha. She also does our customer service. And then we have our OBM and project manager, Jen. Um, and then we we work with multiple different copywriters. We kind of have a crew of copywriters that we bring in to assist. Um, we have our graphic designer and brand manager, um, Erica, who is a projector and she kind of works externally. She runs her own business and we we work on her uh, with her on a retainer. Um, and then we have our energetics support, our energy channeler, Emily Mearns, who is also a projector and very much the same deal as Erica, runs her own business. Uh, we just work with her on retainer. So they kind of have a, a slightly more external role to our launching, um, whereas the core of the launching is initiated, created, and managed by myself, Tasha, and Jen. So we've really, we've really kind of nailed down our launch process, right? Like we know what we're doing and we've tried a lot of different ways and we we actually always mix it up on each launch. We're always doing something a little bit different and keeping it fresh and trying different ways. And our focus for this year really is to do less, right? Like how can we do less and less and less in our launches to continue to receive more? That's like our, our team motto for this year. Like 
take something away. <laughs> Can we do less to receive more in this situation? But um, last year in 2021, we successfully and profitably launched 15 times in a 12-month period. So we were doing more than a one launch a month um, with a relatively small audience. I think for most of last year, our audience kind of sat between the 4,000, 5,000 people mark on Instagram. Um, and we were able to have a lot of sold out launches, which is really phenomenal. Um, it generated $400,000 in sales in a calendar year, which again, just extraordinary. And we were able to crack the six figure launch experience. And I want to share about this one in particular, not because like a six figure launch is, you know, the only type of launch that you should have, or like the best type. Um, I actually think it taught us the most, but I'm, Speaking about this one, because I know that six-figure launches are like the golden carrot that a lot of people want to bite. Um, you know, this is a, a bit of a goal in the online space. It's a bit of a metric, like a badge of honor that people are like, oh, well, you know, if I could get to a six-figure launch, then I must be such a big entrepreneur and I must be really successful. And I kind of want to walk you through a bit of it and and show you the reality of what it's like to run a launch like this and um, what was good and what was bad and what we would do differently, you know, or, or the same next time around. So our six-figure launch last year came in um, just over $100,000. So it was, I think, $102,000 in the end. And it was for the second round of our Manifesto Mastery certification. That's the the really important first thing to note here is that this was a second round launch of a high-end product. So when we're talking about things like trying to gain six figures in a launch, especially if you don't already have like a very established, very big audience who is used to buying from you, really the only way to kind of get these big launches is to sell high-end products, right? You want like a per customer price that is is pretty high. I'm not saying to overvalue what it is that you sell. I'm just saying that it's unlikely that, you know, as a, a smaller audience, as a smaller business owner, that you're going to be able to have a $100,000 launch from a $5 product, right? You're probably going to need to be selling something up in the tens of thousands of dollars range. Um, and then you have to sell less of them in order to create that, that launch outcome, right? So, that's important to note because often I think we look at like six-figure launches and we go, oh my goodness, these people must be getting millions of dollars from everything they sell. Like, nah, in reality, when they're selling their lower cost products, they're probably getting five-figure launches, right? Multiple five-figure launches, sure. Um, and it's when they're selling their very high-end, high per price, high per ticket, you know, items, that's when they're getting these six-figure launches or multiple six-figure launches because it's very easy Theoretically, the maths on it is very easy to rack up, you know, to these multiple six figures when what you're selling is $10,000, $20,000, $30,000 per person. So I think that that was one of the things that certainly made this easier. Um, we had previously sold the certification in round one for $76,000. So to date, that had been our highest launch, right? $76,000. It was a huge launch. It was really pivotal in the business. And, um, going into round two, we were very clear, not just me, but our team was very clear in our intention that we wanted this to be a six figure launch, right? We wanted to, to like 
crack that line and um, not to like bring a whole lot of money into the business and to like be elite and be at that level. We actually just wanted to experience it. I personally was very much like, I just, I just kind of want to know what that's like and, you know, what is entailed and um, see if that's something that we can experience. So we set that intention and we were kind of loosely holding it. You know, I, I don't think that we need to do anything more than like loosely hold our intentions and just do the work on surrendering into that and how it's going to show up for us. But um, really the biggest shift in this came in with the fact that in our second round of launching the certification, the price had increased hugely. So in our first round of launching the cert, um, because I hadn't yet created it. It was still just an urge and people bought in without me having created a single piece of content in it. I had no idea the depth that it was going to go to. I had no idea the level to which this thing was going to come out. Um, I initially priced it at, I think, $5,500 and I, I thought that I was aware of how much was going to be involved. I also knew that I probably had no idea, right? So that dichotomy of like, I'm making my best educated guess, but I'm also aware that I don't really know shit here. So um, I priced it, you know, conservatively for that first round and um, then proceeded to take nearly 10 months to initiate and build out the whole thing. 10 months of consistent content creation work, it turned into um, hundreds and hundreds of hours of video teaching content. Um, it was three full levels of teaching, going deep into human design, going into gene keys, going into shadow work. Um, we brought in so many other things. We were looking at energetics. We were looking at kind of business structure, like actually clear business teaching. We looked at selling. We looked at social media. We looked at trauma, conditioning. I mean, just everything. It is the whole package. It is the whole detailed experience of a manifesto in a certification program. And I had no idea that it was going to be that big. So after having initiated it and gotten the whole thing out fully, I really, I knew that when we sold it for the second round, firstly, I knew that I had to sell it for a second round because it was just, it was too epic to not release again, right? Um, and then I also knew that the price could certainly not stay where it was. So from our first round, we went from $5,500 to $13,000 for the second round, Um I personally was kind of in the position of feeling like I think there's a bit more value in the program. I think it could be charged at a higher rate, but I was very mindful of people who had been watching it from the first round and planning to hop in the second round, and this was already going to be more than double the price increase. And um, we did have a couple of people reach out about that, right, during during the, the second launch. But um, the reality is if you are being called to something, then you're being called to something at that time. And if you're working in a manifest space, then you've got to jump in as they're initiating it, as they're going, because there's no guarantee that it will be available again. And certainly no guarantee that if it is available again, that it's going to be at the same price, right? So that's just one little tidbit. You can't expect a manifesto to be consistent. Um, so yeah, $13,000, 13300 I think was the price increase for the second one. So that made it certainly seem more feasible, just mathematically speaking, to get to that six-figure launch. Um, but I think that what that 
inadvertently did was putting it at that price point and feeling that pressure, undefined emotional center here for me, feeling that pressure to make sure that the people who had been expecting it at $5,000 would not be upset and they, you know, that it wasn't going to like push access away from too many people. Um, I put way too much strategy into it. It's like the cardinal rule. I even spoke about this on the last episode, number 84. Don't do do too much strategy. And I, you know, kind of broke my own broke my own rule here, broke what what I knew to be true. My understanding was we don't need that much strategy and I went the opposite direction. So in the strategy for this second round of MMC, we had an early bird bonus. So we had a sign up, a wait list, and then an early bird bonus. bonus. We had then four rolling bonuses for like a four-week cart open. We had scholarships, two different types of scholarships. We had an application process. We then had sign-on gifts, and not just one. We had two sign-on gifts. Um, then we had a group Q&A, like a group discovery session. Um, we had a freebie release. So we released um, several teaching videos, like one from each level um, and allowed people access to that for free as an opt-in and a sales funnel. Um, We ran a past students panel, like an an alumni panel where um, it was a private call and past students came in and shared their experience and people got to um, be part of that and ask them questions. Um, And then we also released a behind the scenes walkthrough video. So a detailed walkthrough video of the entire certification that people could opt in for free to see whether they wanted to sign up. This on top of all of our normal social media promotion, we ran this for seven weeks, right? Um, And so we had all of our usual, like our social media posting, our scheduling, all of our email campaigning, um, all of that stuff across all of our platforms, had it on our website. We had countdown banners, all of that jazz. And it was just too much. It was just, it was too much. And I, you know, at the time when I was putting it in, it did feel like um, I was doing that from the position of, oh, no, I've got to, you know, um, make this a bit shiny, right? I've got to make sure it's not boring. I've got to make sure like people are not feeling like this is all we talk about now and this is all just being shoved in their faces. I've got to keep it kind of exciting and keep it fresh and keep it new. And also there was a bit of a, I have to, at least in the launch strategy, provide like a bit of a justification for why we've increased the price here, right? Like I've got to put a lot of bells and whistles in to justify the level at which we're promoting this. Um, And in retrospect, I mean, we were only a couple of weeks in before I really looked back and said, we just did not need that. We don't need all of this (laughs) going on, right? Like, um, it all it it all rolled out seamlessly. I mean, we had no problems as a team getting it out and getting all of that that strategy done and in place and perfect and it was schmick looking and there was no issues, but um it just it just wasn't necessary to dilute our energy that way. I don't think to try to do so many things and put our energy into so many places. I think that uh if I had approached this differently, it would have been to say I'm going to do far less here. In fact, I'm going to try and make it as simple as possible. And I'm really going to then work on my trust relationship with what I'm initiating. I'm going to work on my trust relationship with the universe here and say, I'm going to trust, I'm going to show up every day and trust that if I do less, that I'm still going to be looked after, that I don't have to do a lot of strategy on a high-end product launch to get 
a big result, that I can get a big result and be really financially looked after and have the value of this program recognized without needing to prove it by jumping through all of these hoops publicly, right? And I, you know, energetically what that created for us inside the team was that even though we systematically, everything was rolling out, we had all the tasks done, we were great. I mean, we're, we're a very like well-oiled machine over here. Um, but energetically at the outset, it put pressure on me. So often our process for launching is that I go first. So I will initiate it and I'll get the creative urge down on paper and I'll flesh it out and I'll get the pricing done. And um, then it moves over to our project manager, Jen, who will reverse engineer the entire thing and bring in all the details and all the tasks and all the steps. Um, And then Tasha begins to contribute her part. She gets the setup done. She kind of gets all the systems in place. Um, And then we, we each just add our parts as we're going. So if I need to record content, I'll get it recorded and put in there. Um, Jen will schedule all our social social media, like we'll manage all the customers throughout the whole time, right? So usually it's it's me in the first stages. And as I was putting this together, I was really feeling that pressure of all of this strategy, right? I was like feeling the stress and feeling pretty anxious about it and like, oh my gosh, this thing's going to be huge and can we keep up and is it going to work and is it enough or is it too much or all of those things. And you know, by the time that I was done with my initial part, as soon as my element of the strategy was done, I was like, ah, like huge relief, disconnected, super peaceful, super zen. I was like, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be whatever it's going to be. Like I am chill AF, like I'm great here, guys, right? And it was at that time that my team picked up the rest of their work. Yeah, second in line. And then they were immediately stressed and they were anxious and they were overwhelmed and they were feeling issues with perfectionism and are we getting it right? And it was genuinely keeping them awake at night sometimes. They were worried about it. They wanted it to go incredibly well. They were worried that everything was not perfect and that something would go wrong and that, you know, the launch would fail. And that's just not an energy that we ever have in our launches. Like we don't, we don't ever feel that kind of as a team. So, this was unusual to feel that. And for both of them, the the experience that I had was the same as what they had. As soon as we got up to launch day and their part of the strategy was done and everything was put in place and they took their hands off the strategy, they were both chill, super peaceful, super calm, like, this is great, no problems, it's going to go marvelously. And, you know, so... What that taught us, and we we do have team reflections. We have a, a lessons learned process from every launch, but we also have like a team party afterwards. Just It's our launch celebration and where we just kind of share our feelings and we look back at what we've done. And, um, you know, each of us actually got the opportunity to share with this launch, like, oh, I, I was really stressed. And, you know, as soon as I stopped playing with the strategy, like I felt really good about it. And it was very curious to see that involving ourselves in this kind of number of strategies and and placing the strategies at this level of importance as though like the strategies were what was going to get us over the line rather than our energy was what was going to get us over the line. Um, That created a stress, that created an anxiety um, and that really limited our energy. It made us very tired doing that rather than 
feeling really peaceful and really energized during that process. So, I mean, in retrospect, just on that point alone, like the strategy was not needed and the the strategy was actually not even energetically aligned for us necessarily. Um, And the strategy was not what created the outcome, right? The strategy really got in the way, I think, of the outcome. And so we'll be working hard to to do less strategy going forward. The other things from behind the scenes of this launch that I wanted to share from you was um, the way that we use human design charts to run our launches. So we, I don't know if you're aware of this, but you can actually create a human design chart for anything that you create, anything that you've initiated, whether it's a coaching container, a program, a product, a podcast, a business, whatever, anything that you've created has its own human design. You can run it just like you run a human design, like a normal person human design. Um, And it gives you an insight into the energetic frequency of this thing that you've created. And so we actually write all of our our sales copy. We, We kind of structure our entire launch around the human design of what we're launching, the human design of of the initiation. And the MMC program is a 1-3 emotional manifesting generator. So the beauty of that is that when I was building out all of the content, when I spent 10 months recording videos and showing up to calls and doing all the teaching and the Q&As and all of that jazz, I was able to do that and go back to it time after time after time because I was borrowing that sacral energy, that manifesting generator energy from the program. And so I knew that I could spend a few hours in it and then I'd have to stop and I'd really have to release that sacral energy. Otherwise, it would make me feel really gross. Um, and that that was how I was able to get this thing out over a 10-month period. I've had other creations that um, are manifestors, right? And they want to come out real fast. They're just like they're out and the energy's there and it's done. And then that's that's it. It's over. So um It was a cool experience to revisit this for a second round of launching, knowing that I wasn't going to be using that sacral energy to build out the program, but that sacral energy would kind of be naturally getting people in. It would be really charming and really magnetizing and encouraging people to respond, right? It would be responding to people and it would be encouraging people to respond to it. Um, As an emotional manifesting generator as a program it has the 1222 channel right the emotional channel and so we deliberately built it into a very very long launch because we wanted to just give so much time to people to make their decisions, to ride their emotional waves, to feel into the whole circumstance because that is in nature. It's it's very much in the aligned nature of this program is to allow time, allow deep and complex emotions to be felt and have a space in the container for that. So that's why we chose this to be a very, very long launch with a long cart open period. The program also has the 2644 channel which is it's it's the channel of surrender but it's often referred to as like the salesperson channel it has this ability to um, identify people's needs and connect them with the resources that they need for those so I wanted to allow the certification to sell itself right 
and to just set its own frequency to bring across any of the the terminology that seemed in line with the energy. I mean, I really didn't create any sales copy that was outside of directly interpreting the chart because I felt like the energy for this program knew how to sell itself. It knew how to resource people. It knew how to get um, in front of the people that needed it. But I think that the challenge that we had as a team was that you know, part of that 2644 channel is that there is a recognition of frequency, energetic frequency. It's on gate 44 and it recognizes patterns. It recognizes rhythms of energy and it aligns with that, right? It adapts to that. And I think that what we did as a team is that we were not consciously aware of adjusting our frequency to the frequency of the program is that we needed to shift ourselves to the frequency of the program and say, what does the program want to do? What does the program want to say? How does the program feel like it strategically wants to be released to people? How can we act in alignment with that rather than we're trying to control it? This is our methodology. This is how we do things. The program will fit into that, um, which is just a bit of a harsh way really of representing what we did. It's not quite that callous. But um, again, in retrospect, I think that we tried to fit the energetic frequency of this program into our method, into our energy, and there was some friction in doing that. And it could have been um, a lot more prosperous and a lot more abundant and a lot easier and and more free-flowing, I think, if we'd allowed ourselves to do that. Now, most importantly on the human design for this, it's a 1-3 profile, which is very opposite to me as a 4-6 profile. And it really... Uh, lent itself to the program and the sales copy and the launch, really wanting to be deep with the information, right? That line one, like bring the information forth, bring the detail, let people see all of the detail, all of the knowledge in this, because there's safety in this knowledge. That's why this program exists. It's why it wanted to be birthed, because it wanted to bring a foundational place of knowledge for people to receive it, for manifestors specifically to receive it. So it was important to kind of bring that through in the launch, which I think we did really, really well. Um, And also on that line three, there was a lot of messaging around just encouraging people to try it, right? Like, hey, look at this behind the scenes video, like download the freebie videos, you know, come and and, uh, listen to the alumni panel, like do this very safe space of just trial and error, just give it a try, just give it a go and and see how it feels for you kind of obligation free, right? Without having to invest in it and then realizing that it's not for you. We wanted to create safety in the information and the depth of knowledge, as well as safety in this like just experimentation of the line three, which again, I think that we did beautifully. Um, It probably just did not need so much strategy in order to allow that to happen. The energy of the program will speak for itself and we don't necessarily need to strategically align that with like individual strategies. Um, Internally, I think kind of outside that space of interpreting the human design of it and really just looking at our internal processes, we did revisit our sales copy from round one, um, but I don't think that we placed enough emphasis on that. I don't think that we placed enough uh, 
energetic integrity in it. I don't think that we placed enough um, money investment into it. Uh, we had a copywriter working with us to do that and um, the copy was not really the standard that we we needed or we wanted, but because it was such a big project um, and there were so many things going on and there were so many due dates and so many deadlines, we really just sort of like let it slide. Like I spent several hours in the sales copy fixing mistakes and date issues and incorrect wording and those kind of things and then just let it go. Knowing that it wasn't our best sales copy, knowing that it didn't really fully embody the energy of this program, but that it was just kind of good enough you know, um, and and I, you know, in revisiting it for round three, I, I think that we will just place more investment in that, place more investment in the energy, place more investment in the money, you know, side of it and having that exchange with somebody who's deeply passionate about bringing that messaging forward and allowing that to be a place of connection with the audience. Because, I mean, in an online business like sales copy is your conversation, with your audience that that is the way that you're informing people so it's a really fundamental place and I think that we just got a bit lost in the busyness of all of it overall though I mean those were kind of our speed bumps right but overall I think that the beautiful parts of this six-figure launch was that when we sat back when we let go of the strategy, when we just allowed ourselves to be proud of what we'd done and be in our energy and let the the launch do whatever the launch was going to do, it all came in so easily. It all came in so easily. I mean, we had people coming in who were paying in full, right? Showing up and paying $13,000 like in full. Um, we had people come in immediately. We had people come in halfway. We had people come in at the end. Um, you know, we just kind of had this beautiful experience of people wanting to be part of this this journey and wanting to partner in it with us. Um, we had also put in manifesto support teachers for this round who were graduates from the first round and who came back. Um, they're paid to be support teachers for this second round so that I could I could take a backseat on the journey of, of how round two is going to run once the students were in it. And it was just really, really beautiful to see that come together so perfectly and so flawlessly. I mean, it was effortless to just bring those teachers in. And uh, we're about halfway through this round now and they are just extraordinary. I mean, they're extraordinary. They've exceeded my expectations. They are beautiful teachers. Um, the students are having the most nourished intimate experience and that's that's worth every penny and so that element of of strategy I guess it was really more support um but that element of of this was right on target I mean that was exactly correct and that will we're morphing that and we're growing that and we're reshaping it as we go for round three um we were also I mean as a team when we got to the end and we tallied the launch total we were so surprised <laughs> and so proud of ourselves like once we released that strategy and we let it all flow it was so effortless and it didn't feel different to any other launch it didn't feel different to any other launch like there was no pressure of like oh my gosh the doors are closing and we've got to get people in or like this thing's not working and we haven't set that email up and like none of that. It just, it felt 
I mean, I, at several points during this launch, I actually forgot we were launching, right? Like <laughs> I forgot. And then I was like, oh, damn, right. Yeah, we're, we're mid-launch on this thing. And so there was this element of like, wow, we just generated $102,000. We just had a six-figure launch and we didn't even realize that we were doing it right? We'd set that intention, but then we didn't kind of align any of our actions to that intention. We just let it flow out. We just let it be what it was going to be. Um, and, you know, to have that experience, it was very peaceful, I think, for all of us to kind of sit back and like revel in that that feeling of this felt easy. This this felt easy. I mean, this it was as easy as a $10,000 launch. And this was this was a hundred thousand um, dollars, and this was something that you know people work towards. Like they spend years working towards this, and it it, it just came out. It just happened. It it was just natural, and so that felt so successful and so enriching to know that we, as a group of non-sacrals, we as a group of manifestors, could could have a six-figure launch and we could actually do it on our own terms. Like we could do it by following our own rules, by not doing all of the stuff that everybody else does. And, you know, we didn't have like a single sales call other than like a group Q&A, right? And we didn't do any selling in DMs and we didn't do any cold pitching and um, we just we didn't have to do any of those things that people tell you that you have to do to have a six-figure launch. We did no market research, like nothing. We just did it all in-house and, and all in integrity with our own energy. And it had this really prosperous and really abundant result. And, I, you know, I think that that now um, aligns us with a new quantum reality, right? It aligns us as a business and as a team with this new level of saying, well, if we can feel the same ease at $100,000 that we feel at $10,000, then we can feel that at 200000 or 500,000 or a million, right? Like the the dollar figure is not the priority here. The dollar figure is not what changes anything. It's our energy that creates this. So if we want a a $500,000 launch that feels easy, then we'll follow our own rules and follow what feels energetically correct for us and we'll have a $500,000 launch that feels easy. So it really kind of shifted that narrative for us as a team and gave us this realization of you don't need to do all the things to get the six-figure launch. I mean, a six-figure launch is like, it doesn't have to be more work in order to get more money. I think it's really time that we let go of that. And uh, I personally, as the person who kind of spearheaded this, I certainly could have done better with releasing more right, with releasing more strategy, with doing less, with trusting more and, and allowing that to be the thing that helped us receive more. And I'm super curious, like I'm super excited to launch it again for round three later in this year and um, do less, right, like release more of the strategy and um, honor the energy of the program more and and honor its metamorphosis and honor its evolution more and um, honor our energy more as well. And I just, I really feel like that's going to be an incredibly beautiful experience. And whenever we can have beautifully aligned energetic experiences, 
that's that's when we are at that frequency of prosperity, right? And and we can really have these hugely financially prosperous launches and and levels of income. So, you know, I'm I'm keen. I'm keen to show up as as an example and um, show even more depth of surrender and even more depth of trust with launching, particularly with round three of this program and. You know, overall, I just I hope this has been helpful. I hope that just having a very authentic, very casual conversation about this is what it was like and this is what we did and this is what worked and this is what didn't work and this is how we do it differently and this is how it felt. I I really hope that that has made it seem possible to you. I hope that it has made it seem like, of course, you can have this same thing. If you are still reaching for a six-figure launch, of course, you can have that. Um, if you've had a six-figure launch, like I hope that this prompts you to reflect on that. What was that experience like and how would you like it to be different next time? And and what does, you know, what insight does it afford you? I think that we as manifestors, we need to become masters of launching. We have to become masters of launching in our own way because nobody's going to teach us the way to launch as a manifester. I will certainly bring my voice to it and share what I know with you all, but um, it's up to us as individuals to understand and honor our own energy and to launch in alignment with that. So um, that's that's my prerogative. That's why I want to bring this conversation of launching together. Like how can I prompt you? How can I teach you? How can I provide you its insights to essentially help you see yourself and create your own launch strategy that feels really, really good for you. Having said that, um, we have just wrapped up our wait list. I think by the time you listen to this, our wait list will be just closed for the mystery project L, um, which is a launch strategy on display, right? Doing a wait list with a mystery reveal. So if you have, have missed out on project L, the wait list, don't worry because the product, the brand new product that Project L is tempting is going to release in two days. It's going to release on March 25th Australian time, so 24th for the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be so supportive for you in the, this whole experience of being in business and being in launching. And I'm just oh, I'm feeling like all the tingles, <laughs> all the tingles in getting it out to you. We've worked really, really hard on this one. And I think it's going to be really reshaping for the way that you experience so much of what you you do as a manifester, especially in business. So stick around for the 25th and wait for the announcement on that. Or if you're on the wait list, go and check your email super soon, because I think today is the day that the announcement comes out for you guys on the wait list for Project L. Um, and I I just, I can't wait. I can't wait to continue this conversation with you guys. Our episode coming out next week is also one that I'm stoked about. I mean, the, oh gosh, the podcast is just going through such an amazing expansion and there are so many voices coming on and, and so many people contributing. And I just, oh, I can't even explain to you how good it feels. So our episode next week is with the divine, the incomparable, the incredible Vanessa Henry, uh, the 6'2 ego manifesto herself. She has come on for a guest episode and um, I think we even touch on a little bit of launching in that episode with her. So jump on in to the episode next week with Vanessa. I know you're going to love that conversation. Um, and until then, please like take, take this information that I've shared and used it, use it to, to propel you into a space of expansiveness with your next launch. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I hope that my words, my sharing and the spiritual wisdom that came through today's episode have a magnificently transforming impact on your life. If you love this episode, I would be so humbly and truly grateful if you would share it on your social media. You can tag me on Instagram or Facebook at The Holly Marie. And also, please consider taking a moment to leave a review right here on iTunes so that this information, this podcast, and this spiritual transformation can be spread to even more people. Again, I cannot wait to see you for the next episode of Hunting for Purpose.